Hello again, friends. Welcome back to Return to Rome series. This is Pastor Lowell. And before we begin our meeting for today, I invite you to join me for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we again turn our attention to Bible prophecy, we pray for your guidance, your spirit to direct our thoughts, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, this is our fifth lecture, I believe, in our Return to Rome series. This is actually the second lecture in the Section 2, the Pope Francis Effect and Agenda. We were reading from Revelation 13, verse 3, where the Bible says, All the world wandered after the beast. And that simply means they marveled after and followed the beast. And as most Protestants have believed, the beast's power represents the papacy. And we saw that in order for the whole world to wander after Rome, five things must have happened. Number one, the death of Protestantism, which we looked at. Number two, a positive view of the papacy, which is what we're looking at right now. Three, religious unification. Four, removal of competition. And five, a global common problem or a global common enemy. And we're focusing now on the number two positive view of the papacy. We recognize that at least Pope Francis is a popular personage. He's been called the people's pope, the popular pope. His popularity continues all the time to grow. And yet we learn that Pope Francis is the very first Jesuit pope ever to be elected to head the Roman Catholic Church. And that ought to have been a warning for those who know anything about the Jesuits. I'm going to read again from the book Great Controversy, page 234. If you have that book, I would invite you to look up this particular section. Page 234 says, Throughout Christendom, Protestantism was menaced by formidable foes. You understand this is the time when Protestantism had been growing and now it's being opposed. Continuing, it says, The first triumphs of the Reformation passed. Rome summoned new forces, hoping to accomplish its destruction. The destruction of what? Protestantism. At this time, the order of the Jesuits was created. So we find the Jesuits mentioned in the book Great Controversy. So at this particular time, they were created, and she calls them the most cruel, unscrupulous, and powerful of all the champions of popery. Cut off from earthly ties. I'm reading from Great Controversy, page 234. Cut off from earthly ties and human interests, dead to the claims of natural affection, reason and conscience wholly silenced. I want to pause right there. You may remember that last time we were talking about the Jesuit extreme oath of induction. When a Jesuit is inducted into the Jesuit order, this is part of their oath, and I'm reading, quote, I do further promise and declare that I will have no opinion or will of my own or any mental reservation whatever, even as a corpse or cadaver, 
but will unhesitatingly obey each and every command that I may receive from my superiors in the militia of the Pope and of Jesus Christ, end of quote. And you notice that right there in their oath of induction, they call themselves the militia. So you understand this is more than a brotherhood. It's a military organization, the Jesuits. Now, coming back to great controversy, cut off from earthly ties and human interests, dead to the claims of natural affection, reason and conscience wholly silenced, which we saw, that's what they vow to. Continuing, they knew no rule, no tie but that of their order, and no duty but to extend its power. There was no crime too great for them to commit. I'm reading about the Jesuits, and I'm reading from the book Great Controversy. There was no crime too great for them to commit, no deception too base for them to practice, no disguise too difficult for them to assume. This is the Jesuits. And remember, Pope Francis, the popular pope, is a Jesuit. Reading now, continuing from the book Great, Great Controversy, page 234 vowed to perpetual poverty and humility. It was their studied aim to secure wealth and power, to be devoted to the overthrow of Protestantism and the reestablishment of the papal supremacy. So what is their studied aim? To secure wealth and power and to overthrow Protestantism. Now, you notice, Great Controversy says they are vowed to perpetual poverty and humility. That's why Pope Francis lives in the Vatican Hotel, rather than living in the Vatican uh, Palace. That's why he rides around in uh, things like a Ford Focus or a Honda Civic or some other uh, low-end car. He does that because he's a Jesuit. That's why he wears a cheap black Casio watch because he's a Jesuit. And Jesuits, great controversy says, are vowed to perpetual poverty and humility. So he's simply living according to the vows of the Jesuit order. And you notice that their studied aim is to overthrow Protestantism and to reestablish the papacy. Let me read now from the Fox News. This is from October 30, 2016. The news said, what about the Pope's own history with Lutherans? Answer. I'm reading from Fox News. Answer. As rector of a Jesuit seminary in Argentina, the former Jorge Mario Borjolio gave a 1985 speech in which he tore to shreds the theology and philosophy underlying Lutheran Calvin, denouncing the heresy and schism that resulted and which his Jesuit order was founded to fight. That's what, he, <laughs> that's what he did before he became Pope. Now, of course, that he's, now that he's become Pope, he has softened his tone, <laughs> but he is still a Jesuit. And the steady aim of the Jesuits, Ellen White says in the book Great Controversy, page 234, is the overthrow of Protestantism and the reestablishment of the papal supremacy. Now let me read on. When appearing as members of their order, they wore a garb of sanctity, 
Pope Francis does that. Visiting prisons, Pope Francis does that. You've seen him, no doubt, visiting prisons. He washes the feet of prisoners. You probably have seen pictures of him washing and kissing the feet of prisoners. So they visit visiting prisons, Great Controversy says, this is page 235, ministering to the sick and the poor. That's what Jesuits do, and that's why Pope Francis has invited homeless people in Rome to come to the Vatican on his birthday to eat meals with him. When he travels abroad, he visits slums. You may have seen the pictures of him in Kenya, visiting a slum, the Kibera slum. Well, that's what Jesuits do. They minister to the sick and the poor. Let me read on now. Great Controversy says, Professing to have renounced the world. That's why they call themselves Jesuits, followers of Jesus. Professing to have renounced the world and bearing the sacred name of Jesus. Jesuits. Bearing the sacred name of Jesus, who went about doing good. Period. Now the next sentence says, but, but, let me read on now, but, but under this blameless exterior, now you tell me, can you fault Pope Francis for what he's doing? Visiting prisons, visiting uh, the poor, helping the needy, uh, living a humble life, uh, wearing a simple watch, riding in simple cars, uh, you can hardly fault what he's doing. But, Ellen White says, but under this blameless exterior, the most criminal and deadly purposes were often concealed. It was a fundamental principle of the Jesuit order that the end justifies the means. Or in other words, the goal justifies whatever it takes to get to the goal. And what is the end? What is the goal of the Jesuit order? to overthrow Protestantism and reestablish popery. Let me read on now. Great Controversy, page 235 says, By this code, what's the code? The code is the end or the goal justifies the means. Whatever it takes to accomplish the goal is okay. By this code, code lying, theft, perjury, assassination were not only pardonable, but commendable when they served the interests of the church. You may be aware of the fact that President Lincoln was assassinated by a Jesuit. Kennedy was also assassinated, probably by the Jesuits. At least the Jesuits had their hands in his assassination. And also in the assassination of William Harrison and Zachary Taylor and others, other American presidents. And so Ellen White says, by their code, the end justifies the meaning, the, the end justifies the means, assassination is okay. Let me read now, continuing. Under various disguises, the Jesuits, remember Pope Francis is a Jesuit, under various disguises, the Jesuits worked their way into offices of state climbing up to be counselors of kings and shaping the policy of nations. Now, I want to stop right here. Some of you are aware of the fact that Dr. Anthony Fauci is, was trained by Jesuits. All the way up through his training, he was trained by Jesuits. Now, who is Dr. Anthony Fauci? 
He is the National Institute, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and advisor to President Trump. He's the one that is advising Trump on how to deal with the coronavirus. He is Jesuit trained. So here Ellen White says, under various disguises, the Jesuits work their way into offices of state, climbing up to be the counselors of kings, we could add in their presidents, and shaping the policy of nations. And yeah, we're seeing uh, the policy of our nation being shaped by somebody who was trained by a Jesuit. They, Jesuits, became servants to act as spies upon their masters. They established colleges for the sons of princes and nobles and schools for the common people. And the children of Protestant parents were drawn into an observance of popish rites. What are those popish rites? Well, we'll come back in our next study and find out what those are. All the outward pomp and display of the Romish worship was brought to bear to confuse the mind and dazzle and captivate the imagination. And thus the liberty for which the fathers had toiled and bled was betrayed by the sons. The Jesuits, I'm reading Great Controversy, page 235, the Jesuits rapidly spread themselves over Europe, and wherever they went, there followed a revival of popery. Now tell me, are we seeing a revival of popery today? Wherever Jesuits go, there follows a revival of popery. And wherever Pope Francis goes, we are seeing a revival of popery. And I can share with you some aspects of how popery is being revived because of Pope Francis. And I'm going to do that next time. We're out of time for today, friends. Let's end with a short prayer. Heavenly Father, we recognize again we're living at end time. We pray that we might be true followers of Jesus. Bless each of our listeners. To that end is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. From Pastor Lowell, I say to each of you, God be with you until we meet again.